0: You're listening to Westside Church. For more information, visit us at westsideinfo.com. I'm excited about what God is doing. Uh, The songs this morning just stirred my heart once again. I want to encourage you, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, when a sentence comes up up like uh, the, the... He reconciled the very ones who nailed him to the tree. Those kind of things. To understand, preach the gospel to yourself every day. You put Jesus on the cross. I put Jesus on the cross. Uh, And he purchased our salvation because he loved us so much that he stepped out of eternity into time and space so that we could know him, so that we could understand him and have a relationship with Him, and have peace with God. That's true peace. If you're looking for peace, the only peace that you're going to find that's lasting and true is peace with God. And Jesus made that possible. If you're searching, you're in the right place. Keep asking questions. Keep asking honest questions, and God will show Himself to you. And I want to encourage you to make that commitment where you say yes to Jesus. Uh, give your life to Him. And after the service, when we pray up here, when we have uh, communion and the last song, uh, there'll be people up here that would love to pray with you and answer questions uh, that you have uh, on that respect. Amen? Amen. I'm also excited that it's summer. Uh, A couple times over the summer, I'll wear shorts, and uh, it's nice. Uh, I was born and bred at the beach, and I realize that you can't take the beach out of somebody. So you guys love me and i appreciate that and cut me some slack and so uh terry not cut some slacks uh but cut me some slack so terry says it's because i'm part scottish it's the closest thing to a kilt that i can get away with and uh, (laughs) uh dear okay welcome and good morning um we're in this series on mist, on uh, misused, misquoted, uh, uh, misunderstood verses in the Bible. Uh, my daughter Heather and son-in-law Todd are here this morning. They go, to my, they go to my son's church in Houston where he did a series uh, very similar to this uh, a few months ago, and uh, so that's where I stole the idea from. And, um, but I'm coming up to the end of our time here. So this morning I actually have two uh, verses that I'm going to go through, and they don't connect together. They're two separate things, so we're going to have to really work on that to understand. There's shorter descriptions and things like that, but I'm looking forward to that. But I want to comment on something last week. If you missed last Sunday, I encourage you to get it online. Uh, our website and our uh, mobile app, uh, mobile website version, are very easy to navigate. You can You can get those uh, sermons on there now a lot easier than you used to be able to. Uh, But last week, um, I talked about the fact that we can be good citizens of earth as well as good citizens of heaven, but our priority is eternity. This is not it. This is just a little blip in the rest of our lives in eternity. And Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Another way to put it is that we are citizens of heaven, but residents of earth. Uh, That's what we talked about last week. But I I wanted to um, just follow up on something last week. This thing about opinions and uh, being good citizens. I encourage you to be good citizens. Vote, understand the issues, those kind of things. Uh, But be careful about your opinions opinions divide by their very nature politics are divisive and so we're in a political season now but it doesn't matter if it's politics or your favorite tv show or whether you're a trekkie or a star wars fan it doesn't matter opinions divide and when we throw those out there we're actually throwing up barriers uh, to share jesus with people When you want to share Jesus with your friends who doesn't know Jesus, first of all, they might have to cross the barrier where they believe in God because we can't even come to him unless we believe that he exists, the Bible says. So we have to believe in God. Then we believe that Jesus is God. Then we submit our life to him. There's several barriers that they have to cross anyway. Why do we throw up extra barriers by sharing our opinions? And right now, the number one way to share opinions uh, is social media Be very, very, very careful and savvy about social media. So I want to get this across um, today that if I'm going to be divisive, I want it to be about Jesus, the rock of offense. Because some people will be offended when you talk about Jesus. But we don't have time to be divisive about anything else. We need to share Jesus, and you need to live a life that reflects Him well, And then let God do his work in in their hearts. But we don't have time to be divisive and throw our opinions out about all kinds of stuff. All right? So as believers, we have a priority in eternity. Now, be ready to answer. If somebody asks you a question, just, you know, and you have a good bridge of relationship there, it's not going to ruin your relationship, then, then answer honestly and those kind of things. I have lots of opinions. I shared last week that I have lots of opinions Terry and I were heavily involved in politics for years and years, and I'll have opinions about lots of things, but those things don't bring people to Jesus. Uh, So we live in this world, uh, but we're citizens of heaven and eternity. Amen? Amen. All right, today, here's the two verses that we're going to go through today. And remember, they don't connect. Terry's my number one advocate. Uh, she, I, I, I get some good impact and so a lot of times I'll preach on Thursday night and I'll say honey is there anything there that I need to tweak or whatever and, and, and most of the time she says honey that was the best I have ever heard in the entire history of the world and no you don't have to tweak a thing but every once in a while she'll say tweak something and she said you know there wasn't a big connection between these two verses and I said I know there wasn't I couldn't think of any and so I'm telling you today be warned there's no connection between the two verses no smooth transmi- uh, tran- transmission. transition uh, from one to the other, except the connection is they're both often misused, all right so that's why we're talking about them today. So first one is John 14:14. 14, 14. Jesus said, "Ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it." All right? And, this, and the second one is out of Exodus 21:24, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth all right those are both bible verses so when we look at scripture number one we want to interpret scripture faithfully i want to encourage you if you're part of west side write these back you know your bible has has a couple blank pages at the back write this down uh some somehow in your notebook or in your bible app or something get get this we want to look at scripture uh with a humility we always approach god's word in humility and we read from the text and not to the text we say, what does the Bible say, not what do I think, and can I find something to support it? And C, we work to understand the context. Who is it written to? What was it written about? What was the reason there for? What chapter, what book was it? What was the whole purpose of this thing? How does it fit into God's big picture? D, we let Scripture interpret Scripture. The greatest commentary on Scripture is Scripture. And And E, the last one here is... Probably the most important, we apply Scripture to our life. It doesn't mean a thing if it doesn't change us. Once you look at your neighbor and say, God loves you, go ahead. God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. All right? And how many can say amen to that? God loves me too much. Not about your neighbor, about yourself. All right? So. All right, so here's a few comments on the first one. Uh, Number two here, there are no magic words for the perfect prayer. All right, I grew up uh, in my foster home from age seven on, and we prayed for every meal, and we had eight kids, and, you know, there was always an argument, who's going to pray, and, you know, these kind of things, so we have to get some kind of system going. But your prayer didn't mean anything unless you added The magic words at the end. In Jesus' name, amen. All right? We had to... You know, we didn't have a full understanding, and we didn't think they were magic words. We just thought, that's how you were supposed to pray. Anytime you pray, you pray in Jesus' name. So if I'm an ambassador for the United States, and I go off to represent the USA in another country, like Lithuania or something, and I'm talking to the Prime Minister of Lithuania, and I'm saying... I, in, in the name of the United States, I am representing my country over here. But I, I, I forsake that, and I come up with my own ideas and my own thoughts. And I go, in the name of the United States, let's do this over here. Well, I'm not actually using the name of the United States correctly. Sometimes we pray in Jesus' name, not using His name uh, correctly. It's actually more our will uh, than His will. And... Um, but we grew up, I grew up saying, if we just add those words in Jesus' name, then all is going to be well. This prayer is going to be perfect. Um, any, any agreement out there? Like, you know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. No, no I had a perfect moment. We never thought that. We never overused. We never misused any Bible verses. We never misunderstood any Bible verses. I know it all right now. Amen. All right. John 14, uh, Jesus said this, You can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. So, uh, asking in Jesus' name needs to be consistent with a few things. Who Jesus is, the things that bring glory to His name, the things that honor His name. So when you're praying in Jesus' name, it's consistent with who He is, and it's consistent with what he taught, the things that he taught. You can't go disagreeing with what Jesus taught in your prayer or the things that are in Scripture. And thirdly, all the things that Jesus stands for, all that he stands for. What does Jesus stand for? His purposes, his perspective. Perspective is a big deal. When you pray, when you're, when you're approaching the Father, praying in Jesus' name, it's from His perspective, not yours. Uh, His promises to bless obedience. How on earth can you possibly pray for something in Jesus' name when you're living in disobedience, willful disobedience? Now, we all disobey because we're weak. We have this body and this flesh that we have to uh, coexist with our spiritual part of us and our, our earthly part of us until one day we'll see Jesus and this old body will die off and we won't have these hindrances anymore. Uh, but right now there's this big war going on. And um, when, we, when, we, um, when we go before him and we say, God bless this, but I'm, I'm giving into and, and living in a sinful condition. Sinful condition means you know what you've done is wrong, but you're planning to do it tomorrow anyway. Yeah. All right? That's living in sin. We all sin, and when we recognize it, we go, God, forgive me. Oh, I hate that about myself. And when you, when you hate sin in you, you're in agreement with God. He hates it in you too. He, and he demonstrated that because he poured his wrath out on his own son to pay for that sin. So when we sin and we fall, we go, Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. He will forgive you for the billionth time. Don't think that God will get tired. If you truly are asking for forgiveness, Jesus taught his disciples forgive uh, 70 times 7. That's connotation is every day. In other words, always forgive each other. God always forgives you when you truly are turning your heart toward him. He, not, we know that we may sin again, but we're not planning to sin again. So if those magazines are stuck up in the cupboard because you might return to them next month, that's planning to sin. If you if you are living in sin in adultery or something like that, you're living in sin. You're planning on living in sin. Those kind of things. Uh, that we don't pray in Jesus' name when we're living in willful disobedience, and um, He stands for peace and the promises of peace. All these things. So uh, it's not a magic. Formula when we pray in Jesus' name. Uh, But we pray for things that are in agreement with God's will. If sometimes you don't know what to pray, just open Scripture and start praying Scripture. That's in agreement with His will. I'll give you a couple more practical tips in a minute. Transition. There is no connection (laughs) between that verse and the next one. Just making that clear, all right? Number three. Other than they are often misused. Number three, stay out of the revenge business. Revenge, getting even, justice. Now, I know some of you have a measure of justice. You know, when things aren't fair, your heart cries out for justice. And Some of you, your, your gauge for justice is this big. You've got a huge capacity for justice. You're always standing up for anybody and anything that's unjust. We all have that capacity, but some it seems to be uh, amplified. Kids grow up saying, that's not fair. One of the best things you can teach your kids' parents is life is not fair. It's not going to always be fair. The Bible says for me to train up my kids in the way they should go. And it's not always the same for each child. You have to go on your knees in prayer, fear and trembling. Uh, How do I raise each child as an individual? Um, it's all through our culture. Most guy movies, my my estimate, if you say, I'm going to go to a guy movie, there's about an 80% chance that it's a revenge movie. Group A does something to individual A that's unjust. Individual A then kills 500,000 more times people than group A to get revenge and it's all justified because something was wrong done to him that formula is in how many movies guys a lot lot of movies revenge movies you hit me and i'll hit you back harder a thousand times hello my name is inigo montoya you killed my father prepared to die all right it's out there you did something to me i'm going to do you back so In the Bible, it says this. The punishment must match the injury, a life for a life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a tweet for a tweet, a post for a post. (laughs) Right? A burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a bruise for a bruise. We want to get back. When we've been unjustly accused or done to, we want to get back. That's in our nature. You see it in little tiny kids. They get hit. Some little kid, you'll always see it. Kids are playing. You know, this kid hits this one accidentally because they're clumsy. They're kids. This one whips around and hits them back. It's just like in our sinful natures. And we don't grow out of that until Jesus works that out of us. And we allow God to change us from the inside. The point, the p- whole point of that was, if somebody bumps you, you don't have license to kill them. You know, the punishment never exceeds what the crime was. It fits the crime. That was the point of that. Not you have to go out and get him. You did me, and I'm going to get you. The Bible says, uh, "Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth." I'm going to get you back. This has to do with relationships between family, between kids and siblings, between parents and children, between cousins, co-workers, neighbors, friends. We had a little discussion this morning with the elders. How many friends actually do you have? And I, I, said, I said, just tell people you're really stuck right now and you need ten bucks. Please, all my friends will you send me ten bucks. I said, you'll find out how many friends you have. Real fast. And it's not 800 it's probably three your mom I don't know that's who your real friends are okay so the point of that was it's not more than the original offense however in the new uh, covenant Jesus messes us up again right He comes in and brings this new covenant thing where it's not our actions anymore. It's our attitude, which is much more difficult. It's not just our outward actions that God wants control of. He wants our heart. It's always about our heart. Jesus said, you've heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. Not just your neighbor or your friend, an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, cheek, offer the other cheek also. Wow. Jesus was speaking to Jewish people who were under the, the control of Rome, the Roman Empire, the most brutal uh, regime, an awful, a horrible, torturous regime that the world had ever known. And Jesus said, don't even seek from an evil person to get even." By, by giving an enemy a drink of cold water, uh, we're not excusing their misdeeds or recognizing them, forgiving them, or uh, loving them in spite of their sins. We're just doing as Jesus did to us. He forgave us when we didn't deserve it. He actually paid our penalty for our, for our sins. One of the commentaries, I forgot to write which down, uh, which one it was, said, uh, the world advocates getting even, looking out for oneself, and protecting one's personal rights. Jesus' followers, however, were to hold loosely to their personal rights, preferring to forego those rights for the sake of bearing witness to the gospel and to his kingdom. We forego our rights if there's a chance that somebody will come to Jesus if I just back down. But that's not right. I know that jumps up in there. You don't know what they did. Like this. And the Bible is very clear. Jesus is saying, listen, back off of those. Yes, you were wronged. You weren't wronged any more than I was. I was innocent, and I was hanging on that tree for you. So I know what you're going through. Unjustly accused. So just back off a bit so that there's a chance that that person can be one to Christ. Isn't that amazing? It doesn't mean that we sit passively by and let people abuse us. There's examples. Paul was, was beaten in Ephesus and um, they wanted to quietly let him go and he, made, he said, listen, no, they can come here and apologize themselves. I'm a Roman citizen and I was beat without a child. Tell them to get those city council elders, tell them to get over here and personally talk to me, not try to sweep it under the rug. When Paul is ready to be whipped again in Jerusalem, just before he goes to Rome, he's tied up there, and he says to the Roman centurion, "He goes, because Paul knew he'd been beaten up and whipped too many times. He goes, I don't want to do this again. So he goes, "Um, Do you know you're doing this to a Roman citizen? I haven't had a trial." And the officer backs off, centurion backs off, because he knows that if he unjustly punishes a Roman citizen without a trial, then that punishment also goes to him; that he'll be beat. So he goes, how'd you get this? I had to pay a lot of money to become a Roman citizen. And Paul goes, I was born a a Roman citizen. So he didn't get punished there. You You can stand up for the things within the law, but it shouldn't be something that because you stand up, somebody will never ever say yes to Jesus because they associate you with the kingdom of God and your attitude. Paul says this in Romans 12. I would encourage you, If you ever memorize a a chapter in the Bible, memorize Romans twelve. It's one of the best synopsises of synopsis plural of authentic, practical Christian living that there is in one little passage in Romans twelve. You've had all these other chapters in Romans, which we're going to start in this fall, in Romans, about justification, how he purchased us, we have peace with God. And then the last part of the Romans is very practical. But you can't have the practical without the relationship with God. The Paul says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Think about that one. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Each one of these is a sermon or a book. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. You're not responsible for what they do. You're responsible for what you do to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I'll take revenge. I'll pay them back, says the Lord. Wouldn't you want God to do that anyway? He'll do a way better job than we would. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. When we do that, we're just imitating Jesus who did the same things. So let's apply this. Let's leave the justice business to God. Sure, if He tells you to love somebody, to feed them, to clothe them, it's unjust, that you know, you have this heart of justice, you want to help people out. Yeah. Let's be an agent of God's justice in that respect, but not his revenge, not his vengeance. Yeah. That's not our place. Yeah. That's up to him. To, um, to do the same things to other people that they did to us, how could anybody distinguish us apart from them to begin with? How could anybody say we're different, something is different about them, when they had every right to be upset? Before he was filled with the Holy Spirit and had a better understanding, Peter whips out his sword and cuts off the guy's ear, the high, the high priest's servant. When they come to arrest Jesus, Peter takes the sword cuts off And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. That's not what we're about. All right? Heals the guy's ear. The guy was probably a sinner, a bad dude. But Jesus still heal, healed him. And so if you ever want a fun game, it's your small group. We did this... Uh, Pin the ear on the high priest servant, you know, instead of (laughs) pin the tail on the donkey. It's a lot of fun. Makes it more adult than pin the tail on the donkey, you know. Um, We actually did it. (laughs) We actually did it. It was fun. Um, Peter's like our culture. Our culture actually glorifies manhood in this vengeance kind of thing. Uh, I mean, we joke about we joke about it. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, it's, it's way harder to do it the way Jesus said, to love our enemies, to forgive as I've been forgiven. I didn't deserve it, but Jesus forgave me. You may not deserve it, but I choose to forgive you and walk that way. I'm going to serve you the way Jesus served me. Uh, it's, it's harder. It's actually a different kind of strength. It's not mamby-pamby stuff. Guys, it's a deep strength that Jesus displayed. And he was a man's man. He wasn't a wimp. But he displayed this kind of strength. Uh, Jesus did it. Peter did it. After he was on the right check, um, he, he laid down. He, he said, I, I can't even be crucified the way Jesus was. So they crucified him upside down. Paul did it. Jesus said in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's how Jesus treated us. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And and, and we've said that before. He wasn't just talking about the Roman soldiers that were crucifying him. He was talking about me. He was talking about you. He could see each person and say, Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. And he chose to continue taking the price for us. Number two, practically regarding prayer, don't worry about using special words to pray. God knows what you need before you do. Matthew 6, verse uh, 7 to 13, Jesus said, When you pray, don't babble on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Some of you may have come from religion where you just say the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, We have a friend who's in ministry now. When he was young, he was... uh, What's the one? The Hari Krishnan guys. They shave their head, they have this thing, and they say the same thing. Just dance out on the street. Hours and hours and hours. The same thing. Anybody here doing that? No? Patty? Okay, so... um, (laughs) She went up to scratch right as I said that. I caught her. But he realized out there, he goes, he just said one day to himself, just God speaking to his spirit, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. And that was the start of his journey to find Christ. And don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. Pray like this, our father in heaven. Now, we look at the Lord's prayer as something to we can repeat indiscriminately over and over and over again but i'll tell you what i believe that this prayer is more of an outline of what we could pray in our time with him you could spend an hour easy praying about this you could spend 10 minutes sometimes people go, well, how can i pray you know i pray for like three three sentences and i'm done i don't know what else to say just get get the bible out and read through this our father in heaven god thank you for being my father you're the perfect father thank you for who you are and what you've done for us your, your, may your name be kept holy god we th- i praise you for who you are then you're, you're my provider the bible says one of your names is, is that you're my provider the provision of the lord shall be seen jehovah jireh you don't have to memorize all these but the bible says that you're the forgiver the bible says that you're my you're uh my victory my banner you're the bible says you're my healer I, god i praise you and i worship you for who you're before you even start asking for stuff just praise him for who he is Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You could just spend some time on that. And and, 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 um, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's his kingdom coming in my life. His kingdom is evident in heaven. Make it evident in my life on earth as it is in heaven. May I live for your kingdom. May I live for eternity now. When we pray, give us today the food we need. This is where you can can ask for stuff. It's okay, but don't make that your first prayer. Worship him a bit first. He says, ask me for stuff, the things we need. And, And forgive our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. God always holds this thing about forgiveness, his forgiveness, in conjunction with as we choose to forgive others. See, it's a big deal. We walk in forgiveness. We receive his forgiveness. We walk in his forgiveness toward us. We also walk in forgiveness toward others. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So you could pray. That's a good way to pray. I I think Jesus, it's you know the lord's prayer i think it's more the apostles prayer the disciples prayer it's our prayer of what we can pray and it's it's a biblical pattern to pray here's here's what the bible says just real clearly we pray to the father through the power of the holy spirit in the name of jesus all right that's how we pray we're praying to the father through the power of the holy spirit that's who he left with us in the name of jesus that's That's how we pray. It's not magic. I I encourage you to keep on praying. Pray your prayers. Sing your prayers. Cry your prayers. Weep your prayers. Weep for the lost. Weep for your heart to change. Whisper your prayers. Petition your prayers. Declare your prayers. Moan and anguish and lament your prayers before God. Rejoice and laugh and enjoy your prayers. Just keep praying. Keep talking to God. Keep communing with God. Paul said pray without ceasing. It's possible ask God to help you to be intimately aware of his presence every moment of every day. Before you fall asleep, say God, be in my dreams tonight. Please speak to me. I want to know that you're right there. I want to hear your whispers. I want to I want to feel your closeness. Someone once says that uh A lack of peace comes from a prayerless life. We find strength in His presence. We find joy in His presence. Um, The lack of peace doesn't come from unanswered prayer. It comes from not praying. Because when we pray and hear God's thought, when we spend time in His presence, we'll get His perspective. We'll take His perspective on things. We were flying once, years ago, east. And the pilot gets on the thing and he says, folks, out on your right window, you'll see Durango. On your, you know, Out your left window, you can see Grand Junction. And I look down on the map and those, those are like 200 miles apart. I don't know how far they are, but they're a couple hundred miles apart from each other. And here, we can see both of them. And I fly down south a lot. And I can see the, uh, the Sierra... Over on the east, out of one side, you can look over there. Sometimes you can see Yosemite if it's a clear day. And then out on a, on a clear day, you can look across the coastal mountains, across the ocean, and see Catalina in the, in the Channel Islands, out outside of Santa Barbara. That's a long ways because your perspective has changed. And when we spend time with God, our perspective changes, and we're not—we don't have our nose in our problems. We see his perspective. And from eternity, he goes, yeah, that problem you have, I paid for that. That's why Jesus died on the cross, for that problem. I paid for these things. You can have peace in the middle of a storm. Come up where I am and get my perspective on these things. Amen. Stay out of the revenge business and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thanks for this word for us this morning, these two words for us this morning. We love you. We appreciate you. I pray that you'd give us insight and things that we can do to make adjustments in our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen.